Welcome to the after party. Number one. Yay. <laughs> what the hell was that? That was uh, the bus. That was <laughs> bringing in the noise, bringing in the funk. I'm really Drinking good at sandstorm. We'll, we'll do it. too old for that. Why are we here, Leland? Why don't you tell us, John? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the after party is uh, is just sort of a, an episode we're going to throw out every uh, what the fourth episode of the every fourth episode I think is what we're planned on doing. Yeah, every every second week. Yeah, yeah. The, the the second episode of every second week of every month, possibly every second month, is going to be the after party. We're never in hell we it's watch it. It's a very complicated <laughs> algorithm. Yeah, that we've devised <laughs> as a group, uh, meaning that it is probably going to fail and explode. Or implode, uh, one of the two. Yep. But that that's per plan. Per yeah, planned. <laughs> right, as per plan. That, that was factored in to our algorithm. The idea was basically for us to get together and sort of talk about the prior three episodes a little bit, and just uh, you know talk about whatever and how we want to talk about and how it's going through the adventure, and uh, you know. Maybe question uh, the DM on, on specific things that we all missed because we didn't uh, pay any attention as we were playing. I like it. I like it. And it'll get to know uh, you guys as the players more as opposed to during play. We, you know, during the regular sessions, they get to know the characters, but right. not really the people behind the characters, So, which is good. Yeah, I, I I'd like to say that Shaft does not hold any of the same or very few of the same opinions that that I myself personally hold. Uh, he, he is a character, but uh, I don't believe in most of the things Shaft stands for. <laughs> well, that's comforting. But I, but but I will say I use I use the word most. I, on the other hand, uh, am right in there with Gozer. I like to beat up stuff and. <laughs> She's no rages. nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. No nonsense. <laughs> Pay, Look, me. I, I'll, Pay me. I'll attest that that is true. <laughs> Typically, when we go places like Arby's or something, if somebody looks at her wrong, she'll jump over the counter and start beating the crap. I was gonna say, does she go up to the counter at Arby's and say, "Food, <laughs> food <Yeah>. now, food, <laughs> hungry, pay me." <laughs> <laughs> Gozer knows what she wants. Do you have a battle axe? Uh, no, but we do have a sword. Okay. I mean, it's John's sword, but he wouldn't know if I took it. <laughs> now I need a battle axe. Well, we'll look into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you guys think of the first few episodes? I loved it. Yeah, I had a blast. It was fun to listen back. Yeah, I think it's I think it's good to know that we're we're just starting, uh, you know, out, and we really only had a few times we got together beforehand. Bill and Elena really haven't played before, and of course, I still apparently have some uh, second edition stuff stuck in my head that that I haven't up <laughs> thought about the fifth edition stuff. Uh, yeah, so. that's uh, that's so funny that that happens to everybody. I mean, I. Uh, constantly 
am am using like older edition skill terms despite never having played one of those older editions i don't know why they're in my head (laughs) i'm like uh it's so weird it's so weird but actually that's that's funny though like in 5e like the the dungeon masters like there's a ton of variants in that dmg right that that draw off of those older rulings rules i guess for for you know people who are accustomed to those can easily add them into 5e it's not like it's going to break the system too right right Bill and Elena, do you know what DMG stands for? Yeah, totally. Uh, Follow you guys. Dungeon Masters. I was thinking journal, but journal's not spelled with a G. (laughs) I like this. We can do like a John Sass, except for all of the D&D terms. And I'm uh, a Dungeon Master's guide. There we go. Okay. Close. I was going to say, I was kidding when I said Dungeon Master's Guild, but I was going to actually say damage, but apparently not. It starts with a G? (laughs) Damage. No, DMG, the abbreviation for damage. <laughs> oh, nice. I just got it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so like the, you know, we have the player's handbook. You have the DMG. That's what you're yep, saying. Exactly. Gotcha, yeah, exactly. Gotcha. So okay. the cool thing, I think we're going to get some perspective of you guys asking questions and Leland and I figuring out what the hell is actually going on there. But the cool thing with 5e is... And like D&D in general, and that's sort of what I thought about, you know, saying the RPG curious um, is it's usually people who've played a lot of tabletop games. I, I talk to people and they say, oh, I'd like to do Dungeons and Dragons, but it's just so complicated or so many books or, you know, I can't get into it. Uh, I always tell everybody, you know, you, the, the rules are guidelines. You just sit down, you play, you have a good time and sit around, have some drinks with your friends and make up a story. And, right. you know, so there's no point in getting too caught up in what rule set or what rules you're playing. Ultimately, the DM makes the rules and we just live within that world. Right, right. Um, and actually, there's uh, quite a few, uh, there's a few variants that I will be introduced pretty far down the line. I mean, you know, this is the after party. This is behind the screen kind of thing. We've recorded like quite a ways above and beyond what has currently been released right so right it's um so we're gonna keep any of our discussions spoilery free as much as possible and possibly maybe hinting at some some later some later stuff maybe but um yeah i definitely like when we play later after this there's uh, some variants that i think i want to introduce and that may seem counterintuitive to kind of the the beginnery teaching part of this the aspect of this show but i think that is a huge part like you said just said john like it's all guidelines it's all just use the rules you as you see fit and that's a huge part of playing tabletop role-playing games in my opinion like it's just like it's just adaptation like just do what is gonna give the table the most amount of fun right so i think that's that's a good thing to impress upon newbies to uh ttrpgs as well i mean like you said like just get over that like that daunting that almost insurmountable idealism like the 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 conceptions uh, of the perceptions of role-playing games in general i think and in like an extension with the podcast people hear things like you know critical role or other you know voice actor type uh, podcast and they have an expectation of that's the way their session should 
should go when they get their friends together. And, and then when it falls, it doesn't go that way. It seems to fall flat. They, they go, ah, we really didn't have a good experience. Well, just don't go into it with those expectations. That's, that's not what it is. That's not fair. They're, they're professional voice actors and, and we are nothing if not not professional. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Well, we had no expectations, that's for sure. Bryn's voice is exactly like my voice, and so is Falzrin's. I mean, I have yet you to start, reveal my real you voice. You start somewhere. Hey. I'm still in character. <laughs> yeah. I think my voice will change. I started out as a pirate, so. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are certain spots where you really pull out the pirate. Oh, yeah, it, it'll, it'll change up. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> by episode 100 it won't sound anything the same yeah <laughs> hell by episode 100 you guys are all be dead and playing new characters <laughs> there you go at you this have rate have swapped out characters six different times by then yeah I, I, yeah i think we uh we got unconscious what within the first uh 10 minutes of episode one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. New to barbarianism, <laughs> forgot to rage, sorry. Yeah, our, I our noticed that you people. weren't raging, but I didn't notice it when we first played through, right? So listening back, you're learning and thinking. And like, even when we stabilized, uh, I think I went and stabilized Shaft or whatever. And I was like, told you I'd save your butt. I mean, like it didn't click with me. And then a couple episodes later, it happens again. And like, I'm just re- like, what do I do again? Like, I did just, it wasn't even clicking. It was just you so brand You were trying to talk new. to Shaft right after yeah. you stabilized him. But he He's like, I'm unconscious. He's I still unconscious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't get that either until later. Yeah. I didn't get that. Like when you're zero health, you're like fainted. Like we didn't, yeah, it was just all so new and we just. No, I think that's great. I think that's exactly what we're trying to go for here is, is the learning thing, but also. Yeah. You know. Ineptitude. That's what we're shooting for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a big fat complaint about the very first attack roll and the very first uh. biggest mistake and like i don't understand how no one caught this after listening to it and editing it how many <laughs> times leland like you had to have heard this we clearly defined and you said what advantage means mm-hmm. and then i rolled one one and we just took that critical, critical fail and we just we, ran with we it. rolled the fail and Everyone we went got with excited it. But yeah, the critical, critical fail. fails are a learning experience. And it is a learning experience. But I will say, as I was listening back, I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> because. Now, now, okay. Now, I, okay, certainly during play, yeah, completely overlooked that. I, I literally gave you advantage five seconds before you rolled the die. And we completely mistook it. But obviously, it was. Ca- ca- I caught it in, in editing that first pass, right? But it worked out. What, right. it, what it led to, yeah, what it yeah. led to was your your interaction with Shaft charging you, right? It just led to more character, and and that's what that's what I really mean by like the fun. That's the rule that we broke that we played incorrectly, but it led to so much more. Yeah. Then yeah, you know what? Oh, you okay? Yeah, you you hit this hideous golem thing. Okay, great. Next next player. Like I, I right. don't know. That's that's the free form flow that these these games should take, and I think that's. I hit great I hit the arcanist. Yeah. Oh yeah, you hit him good. Yeah. You hit him good. <laughs> <laughs> um, my other point would be now that I noticed it in post and no one else said anything. What kind of experience points does Bryn get? Because she's obviously <laughs> grown as a player and learned the rules. Well, I'll give Elena an extra 200 experience points. Okay. Doesn't get shit. Does it, trans- it doesn't transfer. <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't transfer. That's Dang non-transferable. It. Come on. <laughs> oh, I felt so proud of myself for noticing that, though. Dang. You know what? Honestly, uh, again, avoiding like a spoiler or anything, that 
arrow in Arcanus, like I used as a a a nice like reference point. That's for, true. For you as a party too in the future. Um, yeah. Which we haven't quite got to yet in the release uh, schedule here, but so it worked out for me. Yeah. <laughs> <I liked it. laughs> yeah. The Arcanist knows what my arrows look like. Great. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bill and Elena, what do you what do you guys think now that you've played some, what, however many uh, sessions we've done so far? How does it uh, compare to what you thought it was going to be? What you thought Dungeons and Dragons, our role playing, was all about, compared to what you you your experience now? What do you think? Uh, is there anything that is was not what you thought it would be, or different? Actually, um, leading up to this, part of you guys um, you guys kind of planted the seed. To- a while ago and said, Hey, you guys want to try D and D sometime? And then suggested I listen to a podcast or two. So that was partly what helped because I had a lot of false perceptions about what D and D is until I listened to some podcasts, which sounded a bit more similar to how we play. So, you know, I think I had in my mind, you know, something which is maybe a bit more similar to people who are professional voice actors who, are um you know used to improv and this sort of thing where it and as opposed to what we're doing which is you know a bunch of friends getting together and you know going on an adventure and pretending you're doing this or that but not necessarily putting on a professional performance right right well and i I think the feeling we the feeling we want to evoke to is just like like the listeners are sitting at the table with us is really what we're... Oh, for sure. Exactly. I yeah, think yeah. ideally is what we're shooting for right now. My impressions of D&D stem from the beginning of Stranger Things. And... Uh, <laughs> 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 I had uh, only... I think I'd only ever heard it, like, mentioned in passing, like, in a way that it's, like, a nerdy pop culture reference of... You know what I mean? Like, it's described as being nerdy or whatever. I don't know. I was all. I was all for. It. I was. Um, I was ready to sign on before Bill. Yeah, I think if if more people actually experienced what D and D was like, they wouldn't think it so much of a nerdy thing. Yeah, I definitely am not. It's super creative, and it's like I'm really appreciating feeling like I'm using a creative part of my brain that we don't use on a daily basis. Like, yeah, I don't I'm, have a I'm job that. that that allows me much creativity. I, I think yeah. I find it really fun. And it, it reminds me a lot of like when I was growing up, I loved reading fantasy. This is right up my alley, you know, wizards and orcs and stuff like that. I, I read a bunch of fantasy novels, um, growing up and loved it. So I'm loving that aspect of it, you know, pretending I'm back in this, this world with, you know, all these different races and it's cool. I like it. Now, how do you feel about, um, like, when I play the Shaft, um, I'm always, in my mind, going, what would Shaft do in this situation? And then, uh, you know, trying to do whatever I think he would do. Do you? How do you feel about that part of the role-playing and what you guys are doing? That definitely, I, I think that's, for me anyway, that's taking a bit of practice and a bit of, there's a bit of a learning curve Uh, I think I'm starting to get more comfortable doing that. And part of it is sometimes I just forget that, you know, I have to not think about, okay, what would I do in this situation and what would Falzern do? Yeah, I would, I would say, um, knowing Bill pretty well, Falzern and Bill are pretty similar. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, is Bill a magic user too? Yes. <laughs> as, as a magic user. Uh, well, he needs well, his, he only knows he magic needs his beauty rest. He needs... Uh, I'm never going to hear the end of that. And as so in different contexts. Yeah. I mean, and I think I'm a little bit like Bryn too. I can have a little bit of a temper. I had... You know, I want to just like get into like fighting and like shoot things and yeah. So I think I think we're just like <laughs> Did you playing see that, off uh, of our own character a little bit. That that uh, picture I sent you, Bill, that shows character. Your first character looked like Harry Potter or whatever. Yes. And then your your three hundredth character looked like a madman or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I think the more you play, the more you want to get as far away from yourself as possible with your character. Yes. Oh yeah. At least that's the way I do it. I don't yeah, know. that's why I went with Gozer being um, evil and chaotic and and half work because I to this point only played good characters. Yep. And I needed something different yeah i think i don't know it's hard getting used to that though yeah i think that i chose like a really brave character and i really like being like gutsy and like because i think in real life i'm more prone to like worrying and anxiety and like Bryn is like immune to that kind of stuff so i think some of it's a little bit different but um it's hard to like think like that yeah i, don't know. I have to uh, i find it um I think it's going to take a little while for me to understand what, uh, for it to become more like second nature to know what, what a, like, say you're this alignment versus that alignment, your chaotic good or your new, whatever the different ones are. It's going to take a little while for me to be able to think on the spot of, okay, well, if you're this alignment, this is what you, you tend to lean towards. And I have to think about that still. I think a lot of people put too much uh, emphasis on alignment anyway. I mean, it's just sort of a rule of thumb of the type of person you are, but it shouldn't drive your every decision. Well, sure. yeah, but also for me, I like think about Joffrey from Game of Thrones. How would Joffrey, Joffrey react to this situation? That's what I try and do with Gozer. <laughs> well, that's why I hate Gozer. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Pissed off Leyland Steele. It's, it's definitely been a learning experience. Because I think I think for a little minute there, I thought I used, I thought I could like say exactly what I wanted to do, but it's like no, you got to roll first, figure out if you can do what you want to do. Like I was saying stuff like I slid his throat, and you're like, wait a second, we don't know that you slid his throat. Like, roll the dice. Well, and that the dice are like real life because you never yeah. know. You could decide you want to do something, but you never know what kind of natural forces are going to be aligned against you in wanting to do this thing. Yeah, you and John are really good at, like, if you roll something that you know is a miss, you, like, are able to fill in the context of, oh, well, I was just, you know, I forget what was said in one of the episodes. You're like, oh, she was kind of distracted, and so her axe went into, you know. I tried to I tried to sneakily pocket that yeah. runic metal cube and <laughs> knocked it on the ground and kicked it along because, I, yeah. I don't know, I rolled something <laughs> terrible, basically. Yeah, I always sort of look at it like we're all painting a picture together. Yeah. And the more yeah. descriptive we can be of the story, the more fun. And that's why when Leland, he sort of, when he starts out, he'll explain the, the uh, you know, the environment and the things. So one of the things I've always heard is when you walk into a room, you should describe the senses, right? What mm-hmm. you see, what you hear, what you smell. And that sort of puts you in a in that mood first. And then when you do something, you need to, you know, I hit him with my axe is not... Uh, it's not a fun way to paint that picture. Right. But it's it's easy to forget that, though. Yeah, it's something I need to work on, too. Like, these first few times we play, like, I was super rusty uh, DMing. 
and because um, I, I I hadn't done it in a while, and I need to work on that too because the the census thing is really important because like there's so many there's so many uh, like monsters and interactions that you could potentially have that evoke those senses, and when you are only describing those senses in a particular instance, then very clearly they are <laughs> important and right like mm -hmm. like they mean something as opposed to always getting that information and then as the players ha having to discern the amount of information that is incoming at all times kind of thing so that's something i need to work on 100 percent um i don't know i just i love dming though like i would 100 percent choose to be a dm than a, a would you would you 100 percent I'm just kidding. You said 100% like three times in one minute. That's 300%. 300%. So, so um, as far as the first three episodes, we want to sort of walk through a little bit. You guys have some things you want to talk about on what happened? The only thing I had for episode one was that I was pissed about the critical fail. <laughs> and asking, uh, making a note to myself, do I get extra experience for recognizing this and showing growth and understanding? <laughs> you get a, a hearty round of applause. Yay! Okay. <laughs> I get a pat on the back. Okay. I mean, the, thing, the things I really liked about that, that first encounter was we didn't know each other, number one. So that was that was interesting. And then your arrow going into the Arcanist was, was great uh, to show we know what critical fail is. And then, uh, I think, Emily, you said we really don't know each other too well in game yet, right? Gozer and Shaft. We have a little right. bit of a... Uh, but... Um, you yeah, seem to be past dealings, but only recently kind of hooked up and and uh... you guys hooked up. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Well, shaft. Shaft is uh, any physics event where like. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Shaft. Shaft is how tall and Gozer is. He's how like two tall? foot something. Two two foot seven. Yeah. Gozer's it's... more like six foot. All right. <laughs> okay. Nature finds a way. Yes, but his true. proportions are all human size. Yeah, I think I think the first episode there, Emily, if you would have been raging, you wouldn't have died or like passed out or fainted or whatever. I, I wouldn't have gone down nearly. Yeah, as quickly. yeah, yeah. You went down so quick, and so that's why later when you you became such a meat shield, uh, that's no spoiler alert, really. It's because you're raging. So it right, made a big yeah. difference. Yeah, that that really cemented that in my brain that I need to do that. Yeah, really hard to kill when you're raging for sure. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, honestly, that, <laughs> like that first encounter, like, you weren't meant to defeat that golem, right? right. Like, it was the, the the classic, like, you know, throw the uber superpower thing to show off some, I mean, in particular, showing off what the Arcanist can do, really. That's, that's all that was about, right? Right. Very by the book and uninspired opening, <laughs> but <laughs> did the job. Well, at least we didn't meet in a tavern. <laughs> hey, that's true. <laughs> I think there were some good character things said at the beginning. You know, like you were sort of, you were sort of listening to me, but then didn't listen to me very quickly after afterwards. Right? Yeah, I mean, so, we're we're not friends. We're together out of my necessity and business and your necessity partners, right? Yeah, more You're business partners and friends. And then I think you guys all said you had some confusion on why we didn't just uh, yeah, why'd you let him go? Shit. Yeah, right. So, you know, Shaft is, is manipulative, right? Um, he he is uh, the kind of character that I'm playing him as is he, he would rather stay out of a fight and manipulate the situation to his best interest. But wouldn't I he think. have wanted his bounty? 
well, you know, he just revived us, number one. Yeah, they had uh, yeah. Al- they had almost no health. Yeah, yeah true. I, I think it made complete sense. Okay. Yeah, so I, okay, I didn't okay. want to go down. And then the idea was also to try to lure him back in. If you noticed, I was asking him to come back and meet us for a drink, you know, things yeah. like that. So I was going to try to convince him, you know, verbally to follow us back uh, to where we need to take him. That's worked out really well. There's no way we could have taken him at that time. He would have <laughs> yeah. demolished us. Yeah. True. So that's why I have my muscle, or at least that's my, my plan, is to have my muscle with me. Shaft calling him. Where'd you get the name Artie? <laughs> uh, I don't even know. I think it just came up. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's my friend Artie. <laughs> like, yeah, that was really funny. Right. Is that in the first three episodes? Yeah, yeah, that is. <laughs> I can't remember. That is, you say Artie a lot in the first three episodes. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, that was, I sort of struggled with that, but I, you know, I needed to come up with some kind of reason. And, and getting good with uh, Isabella overall. Right? Yeah, I was going to say, Isabella started really taking interest in Falzerin. Well, yeah. And his magic. When I listened back, <laughs> couldn't believe really... that I was oblivious to that the whole time it was happening. I think that was awesome that you were, that Falzerin it was, was oblivious to that. Kind of in character, but, yeah. 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 In retrospect, that's probably what Falzerin would be like. I, I don't, he's probably not super popular with the ladies. He's probably not used to being hit on. He's been obsessed with books for decades, right? Books and magic, right? Yes. So Magic, magic, magic. It was really funny <laughs> listening back and realizing, oh, wow, Leland, a.k.a. Isabella, was hitting on me this whole time, and I had, <laughs> had no clue. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Just, like, just like the separation between John and Shaft's actions, <laughs> there is a distinct berlinian wall between <laughs> leland Steele and the actions of his mvc <laughs> yeah that was oh, really my. funny to listen back oh there, there it is there it is hey don't get me excited <laughs> shaft uh, the listener will quickly realize that I have basically two variations of voices that all the NPCs are going to say. Yep. There's uh, a few sessions down the road. I tr- I try to put on this like Cockney accent, but it like <laughs> it falls apart after like a single like line. <laughs> it's like it's hard to do. It's impossible to do. <laughs> <laughs> it fell apart so fast. I don't even remember you doing it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Probably for the best. I was kind of hoping you would, <laughs> you would edit out the fact that when you... So Leland sent us our backstories for our characters of how we ended up in Zexa. And he sent me my my first assassination order and it was all typed out on Discord. So I was kind of hoping you would leave out... <laughs> oh, yeah. I was kind of hoping he would leave out the fact that Sardo is spelled S-A-R-D-O-S. But see, in character on episode two, I kept saying, there's only one Sardo, and it's not Sardos, and like all this stuff. It's because I want to make sure it was the right guy to kill. I just just felt stupid listening to it back. Problem with S's. Yeah, silent S. I don't know, but it led to to John's line about, well, that would definitely be two two of them. (laughs) Sardos. Yeah, yeah. That was a good line. That was a good line. And then, I mean, the whole time we're interviewing him, like, I just, like, am listening to my silence, and I say, uh, uh, so did we get all the information we want out of him? Like, I'm just, like, itching. Yeah, it's, you're itching just itching to, to pull out your rapier. Yeah, you are ready to kill him. And I think I'll, at I'll home, say, Bill probably could tell, yeah. My, my whole intent there was to 
drag the arcanist out, right? That's why I was yelling. Yeah. You know, and I, I really didn't expect you to actually kill him, so I was uh, a bit shocked at I that. I picked up on what you were laying down, and I was like, yeah, yeah, we need to create a scene, so <laughs> let's, let's get him. Yeah, so so I'm, uh, and uh, yeah, that's, uh, I don't think I didn't, we got to the next thing I was going to say. I think it's in another episode. Uh, we got uh, we got to me killing him. Episode yeah. three, I kill him, yeah. Yeah, did we did we get, have the questioning phase? Did we go around and talk to people? Yes. Yeah, yep. Oh, yeah, okay, so yeah, so Sardo was door. number two, and we went to Leanne number three, and it leaves off with us tracing the footsteps on the roof. So yeah, so so Shaft is always going to be weary of you. Uh, you know, I don't have any idea who you're planning to kill at any point in time, which is which I is know, why I wanted. Why you asked? <laughs> <laughs> well, does anyone want to kill her? Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I think that might be a question that comes up. From time to time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm always ready to kill somebody. Yeah. Yeah, but you do it basically out of just uh, because of your board. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I get bored easily. <laughs> Don't let me get bored. Yeah, let's not spoil anything with Gozer here, but she she definitely doesn't shy from a fight. I think that's that's another kind of layer that I'm finding really enjoyable is that you know each one of us has a backstory that we're we're kind of staying true to you know we've we've all discussed it individually with Leyland and none of us knows about each other's history except for what's come out when we've been interacting with each other you know mm-hmm. live on the show so um that's fun to like you know I can I've thought about that many occasions about you know what don't I know about these other adventures you know maybe they've done this maybe they maybe this is one of their motives or so that's kind of cool that adds a lot more depth to it the listeners can listen to the the world of Aspara information session with our character backstory right. and know that we have not listened to each other's. Right. Yeah. They'll yeah. listener will know more than than each of us will actually, which is Yeah. Like for first episode I go I call you Shaft, John. And you're like, right. How how'd you know my name? <laughs> I was like Oops. Yeah. And I also said we may have met before. Oh right, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, I didn't make uh, that yeah. joke initially. I don't think. I was like, I don't think so. And uh, that like tendency to metagame is oftentimes really hard to overcome, yeah. too, right? And I don't know. I think you guys have been doing a great job of of uh, moderating that uh, amongst yourselves, and it's very. I don't think at all I've had to intervene. Uh, right and kind of remind like well you don't know that so you you know this action you're trying to do doesn't really make sense i I don't think i've had to do that at all with you guys so far which is great i mean it makes my life easier yeah we're natural i want to go go back to um those three interviews like that whole all of that uh like you going back to isabella's shop um and her having the list of those people like that was all like I improv that yeah. uh, I like none of that was planned. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it was pretty evident, uh, maybe not on the recording if I edited it well enough, but when I was giving you the names of these three people, <laughs> yeah, that's true. John, yes. you were, you were nice enough to be like, yeah, I'll take the list and give me some time to write down some names before you ask exactly what they were, right. <laughs> now, <laughs> which, which was appreciated. I will say that that's probably not going to happen in the future. <laughs> 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 well, in the future, I will say I should be well more well. <laughs> but like all, so all of those interactions, those those three interactions, um, came up 
came like completely organically like none right. of that was planned so that's cool and i think it turned out really good uh hence why <laughs> braun <laughs> didn't get braun templeton <laughs> but, <laughs> why did he see the doctor and you're like hmm. you went to see dr good <laughs> good point <laughs> it was something personal and then you're like oh right. what's isabella's deal now she's <laughs> What is Isabella's deal? We don't know. So you d- you hadn't planned for us to uh, to meet Sardo? That kind of, that I happened had not. I had no plans for how you would okay. or how Bryn specifically would mm-hmm. happen across upon Sardo. So John just like fed me that on a silver plate. Yeah, that was a good. Awesome. That was a good. Play. Yeah, it was. It was so really good. John gets some experience points now too, right? So John gets some experience points. <laughs> yeah. John, you also get two hundred experience. Hey, points. I just leveled. <laughs> Level two <laughs> human. Yourself. Yeah. Oh man, and like, there's just there's just little stuff too. Like the last episode left off, you're like, all right, so you're just gonna scale this two two story wall, and I was like, yeah, and you're like, you don't want to use your burglar's pack and i'm like oh yeah yeah uh-huh like i don't know what i'm doing yeah i guess <laughs> yeah right. that's fine though i guess i have a rope and then bill's got like magic he can he can just make sure it's magic up there hands. secure and yeah yeah you didn't even really tie that rope you kind of just threw it up i pictured it i pictured it lassoing like a chimney so like it was yeah. it was it was kind okay. of yeah <laughs> it kind of magically hand waved that <laughs> he's like He's like, is everybody climbing up on the roof? And then Shafton goes, are like, I'm not going up there. (laughs) (laughs) That's too much work. I just figure, like, I'm starting to learn what sort of checks he would make me take. And, like, I have good acrobatics. And so, like, as we get further into playing, I, like, know I have stealth and sleight of hand and things like that. So, like, every now and then you throw in a random check, like, nature or survival or something. And I'm like, how does that make sense? But... They're not supposed to be random. I know. Um, if I'm applying them correctly to the situation. But actually, there's... I'm there's learning. A, right, sure. Uh, and there's actually something in the player's handbook, I think it is, a, a variant on um, using those skills where I think it's up to DM discretion, but like I could ask for a skill check that would apply a different modifier uh, th- other than the normally associated modifier. Like mm-hmm. I think there's an example in the handbook uh, of like if you were to tie like you wanted to like tie a knot or something mm-hmm. if you were like maybe tying tying up a bounty and you wanted to tie a knot instead of uh like i would you know make a sleight of hand but instead of being dexterous it could possibly be a sleight of hand intelligence check to to uh, play it like uh bring upon your knowledge of specific knots that you're able to tie maybe if that's could possibly be something part of your background, which we haven't done and we haven't really discussed. I don't know if that would be applicable, but sometimes like it's difficult to find a skill, like to ask for a skill check that I want. Like right. when you guys are like recalling knowledge or something, like like specific knowledge, like like memory. I mean, not like you know, like history of a town or whatever. But like, I don't know what check to do with that. So it's like, I don't know. Does history apply? Like that's isn't his, history's intelligence right? That kind of weird. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. So it's like. You can, again. You it's just guidelines. You can finagle it. You can do. Yeah. You, you you ask for what works or seems to work in the moment, even if it's incorrect. Which again is almost counterintuitive to our teaching aspect of this show. But it is what it is. Ultimately, you're just you're trying to move the the story along. Essentially, that's right. I mean, I like the idea. Like you were just saying, if you were to 
if I was to tie somebody up, you might say, give me a roll of 20 for me and tell me what it is. And, and then you have in your mind, if I don't get over a 12, that this guy's going to be able to squiggle around and, and break the knot loose because I didn't pay a lot of attention when I put, when I tied him up. Those kind of things, I think, are really good because, you know, the character doesn't realize what's going on. And you don't, every time the, the DM asks you to roll something, you automatically go, oh, crap, what, what am I supposed to be seeing something? Am I supposed to be doing? And I don't, that, that sort of takes you out of the moment, I think you know, ultimately, but I like the idea if it happens a lot for different things, you sort of get numb to it. If that makes sense. Yeah, I know. And and that's always like, I find the struggle with perception checks in general. Like, right. When I asked you guys to do perception checks, um, like actually there's in some, uh, maybe episode session six, I think in the future, like you guys are sitting in a tavern and like having dinner and I asked you guys for a perception check. Like, right. It's kind of out of, out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> How how do you get around? It's difficult to get around. Let's, uh, oh, every five minutes I'm gonna ask you guys to do a perception check. It's like right. So so it's difficult to balance the amount of information that you just freely give to your players as opposed to what you deem that they should be they should be rolling for. Right. In, especially, I mean, there are specific instances where that makes sense, where if someone is trying to obscure themselves from the party, et cetera, et cetera. But then, like you, the very instance of you rolling that roll means. Oh, someone is probably trying to hide from us. Exactly. And if we all rolled <laughs> low, like someone probably just hid from us. And that's again where that metagaming stuff comes from, where where you can't your your characters have no idea, and you the players can't can't allow the characters to be influenced by that. Yeah, which okay. is which is always something difficult to. I think the hard thing is as a DM is to be able to put is to put something in place to move the story where you want it to be. If they're all sitting in a bar. And really nothing's happening. You could have somebody run in and yell fire or yell, you know, something going on to drag them out of the bar to move them on to that next experience. And that's it's hard to do uh, organically sometimes. It's it's just a rough it's just a rough thing as a DM to be able to do that kind of thing. How did you uh, how did you guys all like when in the middle of battle, <laughs> falls her and yells out to the arcanist? Uh, <laughs> nice, nice pair of gauntlets you got there. <laughs> the guys in the what are those of, about? The guys in the middle of fighting. <laughs> yeah. Stop what you're doing for a minute. Let me talk about what you're wearing there. This are ensemble. You, uh, are, you, are you sure you weren't asking about his bucklers? <laughs> <laughs> Part of it's a learning thing, but it's totally falser and to be like so aloof and be like, oh, magic. Really Let's is. talk about yeah, it right yeah. now in the middle of battle. Oh, yeah, man. not to mention that partway, yeah, like Leland said, partway through He's the story, terrible. I decided to stop calling them gauntlets and start calling them bucklers. <laughs> and none of us corrected yeah. me. I can't believe I didn't correct you. I'm like, what is he talking about? I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. You know, bucklers, the things you put on so your yeah, hands. sure, I don't know. I don't even know what a buckler is, but it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was funny to listen back to Okay, anything else that's listed from the episodes? So when Elena realized that Gozer is a girl. Oh, yeah, I totally thought you were playing a guy. Like, I didn't know. This is half-orc. Half-orc is a, a, a lower-voice kind of person. Yeah, but they're not always a girl or, like, so I, I don't know. I The name Gozer doesn't sound feminine to me. Your voice didn't sound feminine. Your size and shape and demeanor didn't seem feminine. <laughs> wow. Not saying that that has to be... <laughs> A traditional. I can't believe you just misgendered Gozer. I, well, I did. <laughs> no, we didn't really, we didn't really describe ourselves a whole lot. That's true. Either. Yeah. 
That's true, I, actually. Yeah, we didn't really get into that. We didn't say, like, oh, Bryn is, like, freaking hot. Hauntingly beautiful. Hauntingly, <laughs> hauntingly beautiful with her... That's inaccurate. You're an assassin. Light green you, skin. You've got scars all over you. Yeah, I put a picture up. Rough around the edges. Gozer, I mean, I don't picture her having pigtails. Let's just say that, you know? <laughs> like, it wasn't obvious. I'm sorry. She could she could have kind of like she could have some braided hair have like boobs? Viking That's style. That's the main question. Like yeah. Should, well, so I mean, if she had boobs, then I'm obviously an idiot. But I couldn't tell. Elena couldn't tell. <laughs> you can't tell from my voice. That I, have boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I think every time Leland describes anybody, he should start with saying a tall and then size of boobs should be the second <laughs> factor. We just do that from now on. All NPCs. No, I mean, about, that. about five foot seven, like, double D. What if it's a really fat dude, though? Well, still, five foot seven, double D. You'll still be confused. <laughs> Shaft's walking around at, like, crotch height. <laughs> yeah, Shaft doesn't know anything. <laughs> Shaft looks up, and if the boobs are big enough you can't see the face, then that's how he judges for size. <laughs> <laughs> well, all, all my uh, female voices sound exactly the same, so we're all a little breathy. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Whatever do you a mean? A little higher pitch than my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Emily's Emily's goes her voice is solid. Like it's not it's not edited in any way. She just she can really get into that lower register. <laughs> I'm sorry for calling you a he. <laughs> I forgive you. Yeah, I would assume with, that with half orcs, it probably is somewhat hard to tell sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, like, Gozer doesn't wear armor. She's, like, barely clothed. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, if you got my furs on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how thick are those furs? Are they one of those races that just goes topless? And so, uh, I, hey, I don't know. No, I mean, she would have furs, but she would probably be very muscular, so... Yeah, that's true. She's like one of those CrossFit girls, you know? The shoulders are so yeah, big well, from a distance yeah, like you might, yeah. Bodybuilding type women. Yeah. She's no, I have a question. Gymnast. How, how do half-orcs come about? Like, how does that race, is that a human and an orc have a baby? Yeah. That, yeah, like an orc. Like you're a half-elf, you're a human and orcs an elf. Will, orcs will breed with anything. <laughs> so there are other. Keep that in uh, mind. There are, <laughs> like like ogres, like ogres and humans. Like you know why? Like there are, uh, what's it called? It's like an uh, there's there's like a half ogre, half orc race or, or monster too, right? Like that's how they propagate. That that's their soul. That is what their their god Groosh, their god that they generally worship, their main deity says orcs go and spread your seed okay. that is how our that is how our race will succeed good to know and Falzeron <laughs> needs protection so i mean if he can exchange okay okay but like gozer in a sex scene would be like hey sex okay now <laughs> now like there'd be no description no there's no no one wants to hear that on a podcast no, I'm not going to roleplay that either. <laughs> well, you just insinuated. You never know. Keep that in mind. So I'm, just... I, I'm not saying there's not going to be a sex scene in an episode. <laughs> Ooh. Not with Chef. There wouldn't be any uh, subtle, very like effective, well, maybe not so effective, flirting uh, like Isabella Good. Like, it was 
pretty on point flirting. I've got to say, it was good. <laughs> if I flirted as well in real life as Isabella flirted, then I would be drowning in uh-huh. <laughs> female companionship. Uh-huh. I, w- <laughs> I would like to see a drawing of Isabella standing next to Shaft. Just to get like the visual. portliness, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's she's like at least twice her size. Like she's pretty short herself, but she's right. like almost as, as wide as she is short. Definitely could not be the one on top. So just just remember, <laughs> Shaft is is Shaft is good at using people. If you notice, Shaft left her uh, left her a little blue bald, right? Right. Yes. Yep. Definitely. So Shaft always leaves them wanting more. <laughs> Or Want any, something. <laughs> or any. Yeah, I mean that was that was brilliant. You got a free night's sleep, and we we paid uh, the exorbitant price of <laughs> one gold for high this rates for our crappy, really crappy room. <laughs> yeah, hole in the wall I place. Think you guys are uh, underestimating underestimating the naivete of Isabella Good. So maybe you you guys yes. oh. stick, oh, stick around. Say, You'll see. I, I know. I totally know what she's got going on. I can't oh, yeah. say anything. Yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> I've been clueless this whole time, so I'm just like along for the ride, and I've I've no definitely noticed things. Which plays well with Falzerin because he's pretty clueless. <laughs> I've definitely noticed things listening back that I did not notice first time around, which is which is kind of cool. Yeah, we can't really say what, or else it spoils a little bit, maybe. So. Right. But yeah, there's definitely. Well, I, and I think uh, astute listeners will pick up on them as well hopefully at least if i'm if yeah. i'm doing it well enough i hopefully they are if we would have realized that like every little thing that you've added has a purpose well, and ha- half the fun has been the fact that you know i was left being like okay well what, what are we missing here you know do we do this do we do that like that's mm-hmm. that's part of what makes a story interesting mm-hmm. gets you invested in it yeah i think uh another thing to say to people who are just uh, curious about playing D&D if they're listening to this uh, after they've heard a few episodes is the the stuff that happens outside of the game you know or when you're writing things down that you NPCs that you meet and things like that I think a lot of people do a terrible job of writing down the things that they find or or that kind of thing there is a little bit guilty. of bookkeeping yeah. to d and and, uh, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a lot. I mean, I tend to write things down and I look at it next session. I go, I don't know what the hell that means. But uh, there is. You should at least a try, though. We're learning that you should definitely be writing down more than we did at first. Well, the fact that we're doing a podcast makes it that much worse, right? Yeah. Because we're going to get together three weeks after our last session and then we have no idea. Right. What the hell that NPC's name was. And the listeners um, will, though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. We're right. the idiots. But, I mean, yeah. My, I need to take better notes myself too. Honestly, like, I uh, am just you know fearful of listening once you know our my editing is caught up, kind of to where our recording is, and like listening to the things that I got wrong, the continuity errors. I'm like, right. oh, this is gonna be cringy. Like, like gauntlets so and bucklers. Keep... Yeah. Well, that no, was not like one. that. I mean, I mean, that's literally, my, like me. Like, I give you a bit of information. And then three episodes later, that information is now different for some reason. <laughs> like that's right. gonna happen, <laughs> right? Yeah, I think keeping the names relatively easy are good. Not Zrokrog, you know, uh, Rockrang, 
And then you go, well, how in the hell am I going to remember that? You can't even write it on a piece of paper. You spell it phonetically. It's not that difficult. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm going to probably rename things Artie and uh, whatever names he can come up with. Look, I can give. Okay, if there's. Well, if there, there's I the. Can, what's the. I, with Gozer around, I am free to give any. NBC, any nan, because they're probably going to die if they're well, interacting with the party. <laughs> so I, we won't have to remember it. The, the great thing about being players is we can call them whatever the hell you name them. We can call them yeah. whatever we want. I was going to exactly. say, this isn't a spoiler because it sounds nothing like what you said, but like way in the future, Leland makes up a name and I literally wrote on my sheet, Blug Blug, because I don't know what you said. I don't know what you said. That was pretty close. Blug dude. Blug. That was honestly pretty close. It doesn't spoil anything, but I mean, it gives you an idea of what John's asking you politely not to do. No, I don't care what he does. I'm just saying I'm not going to play into it. He's gonna he's gonna start calling the guy Bob. He's gonna be like, all right, you're Bob now. Yeah. <laughs> Shaft doesn't do blug blug. <laughs> so what do you guys think your main character trait is? Like I said, Shaft is sort of a manipulative. What do you think your character's main traits are? I I mean I I'm obsessed with magic and learning more about it. Um, I, I think I've kind of touched on that already in the show, but that's kind of my. I care about that more than anything else. Okay. I think, I think Bryn, I don't know if it's coming out as much as I should, so it's good that you're asking me that. But, like, Bryn is, like, fiercely valuing her own independence and doesn't want to be told what to do, only wants to do what she wants to do. A little bit like Gozer, but, like, I'd say a little bit more thinky than Gozer. Like, always having a backup plan for when things go wrong and, like, a reason behind the things that she does. But okay. She doesn't want to be reined in. She's a free spirit. Gozer, and I don't know how much this is coming out, but Gozer is angry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. I think it comes um, out eventually for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but she had uh, some stuff happen that you guys don't know about at all. And she's feeling very alone and angry. Hmm. So as a party, Leland, how do you feel? I mean, other than the fact that we don't have a cleric, how do you feel the the party is meshing? I very surprisingly, I think you guys are doing an okay job. Um, like you should be way more dysfunctional than you actually are, and that literally boils down to your wizard not implementing his spells properly or, <laughs> or, or really using Snap. using the power he has at the time that you actually need it so that could be you're, you're welcome <laughs> wizarding is hard okay everybody like if you're just starting wizarding out it's not hard. that hard you point your finger and whatever you're pointing at goes boom that is the wizard that falls in his flag <laughs> There's yeah. very little boom. I will. I must there is, there is. There's not a lot of boom. There's the trusty magic missile. It always hits. But it really uh, is difficult to. Like combat's difficult to craft with. You guys have no healer. That's really not I good. Like right. I mean, you don't. It's not necessary, obviously. And there are certainly ways to get around it. But like, there are. I mean, there's few sessions in the future like where like half the party's like unconscious yeah, until true. they until they like wake up like <laughs> just like as per the rules of the game like we're just so. waiting yeah i still think that if we tactically i mean i know shaft can do some massive damage in the right situation 
and I know that Gozer can do some pretty good damage. And then if, if, if Bryn all... could hit, if Bryn can hit, she can do damage. Exactly. It's, it's just a matter of getting that hit. <laughs> I think I think with you, you know, being able to have somebody else drawing the attention, and you being able to backstab and do the yeah. uh, sneak attack, you know, sneak yeah. attack, and a lot of that. I can I think mage we'll... hand guys back in the back of the head, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> right. Now I think I think that all starts falling into place on what we can do best tactically in the situation. Sure, sure. Well, and and uh, that's always funny too because like those tactics derive from the mechanics of your classes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is which is borderline like metagaming, like as players, right? So like, it's I mean, there's no there's no reason for us to have to role play you as a party discussing your combat tactics, but it could be like you know offhanded, like yeah, you know, kind of during this long rest, we kind of you know, realize, boy, we've kind of been getting our asses kicked. Maybe we could do some things a little better right, here. Right, I mean, all your personalities, though, are, are do not mesh in, in that <laughs> functionality whatsoever, though. So, like, that's almost unrealistic for you guys as a party. But, um, yeah, I think some, like, improvement on tactics maybe could could help. But, like, there's there were some instances where falls are in your, like, battlefield controlling pretty well. And um, shit, Gozer just deals out damage like a fucking boss. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And like, but like, falls are literally to your mage hand combat. Like, you helping and giving Bryn advantage gives Bryn sneak attack in situations where she might not get it. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's incredibly helpful. Like, even that, and that's just a simple cantrip for you. So like, that extra like, what is it now? Two d six of sneak you're doing now or whatever. Uh, yeah. Now um, I'm now I'm up to two. Yeah, that's that's like that could be worth your turn, falls run, right? Like, that potential for that extra damage as opposed to you. I mean, unless you're casting spells that, or you could you could cast spells that do two d six damage yourself too, right? Like yeah, like so that's the things you you guys talk about, mm-hmm. and plus the advantage on an attack is huge. I mean that's just mm-hmm. a, a, twice the chance of getting a critical hit too, right? Which yeah. is nuts. So like that kind of stuff, like ah yeah, I love that mage hand when you flicked when you flicked the golem or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was really little, good. Little spoiler alert here, sneak peek. No, no, that that's within the first three episodes. What the golem? When yeah, I first hit him in the back episode. of the head. I oh, think it's episode number one. I was isn't thinking it? of Gargoyle. Whoops. Yeah, it's that's... one of the first things you did. <laughs> that's a spoiler. Well, that's, that's a spoiler. spoiler. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. We're, yeah. we're running about an hour. Do you guys yeah. have anything else you want to snipe any any snipes at uh, your fellow players maybe I, I thought you were gonna go on some rant leland you didn't do a you didn't do a rant i don't have a rant i'm doing a great job so why would i rant <laughs> <laughs> rant about how bad a job we're doing no i think you guys are doing awesome and like i said like like well john you had mentioned earlier about you know viewing it as you guys like painting this this tapestry of a story for yourselves that's great. I mean, clearly I am playing off it, and the things you do gives me more fodder to make it more interesting for you guys. So, that's that's how you should be. That's how you. Sh- that's how you should be running your games. Future DMs out there, like you should do the same thing. I don't need to. I mean, yeah, right away out of the gate, I set you guys on some railroad tracks, obviously in that very first episode, right, uh, to get things started. But and I gave you guys, I fed you guys tidbits, you know, in lines with your your characters' goals and aspirations that could be considered railroady but the way you go about them isn't i'm not putting you on rails you guys go about them as as i mean shit yeah you could have tried to face down with that arc the arcanist 
right away after meeting him. Who knows how that would have turned TPK. out? <laughs> like I don't know. I think re-rolling episode one. I think. Yeah, we'd have some new. We'd be playing some new characters already. All right. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and like you guys saved Isabella too. I mean, she was like out cold on the ground there. Um, that might have turned differently. Who knows? Yeah. Isabella, good. Maybe never could have came into being a, whatsoever. She may never. That would have been she a may shame. Never have, got a chance to live the life she was meant to live and pay for that bar tab that we racked up oh, yeah. that uh, that's a that's Chef. a rolling tab right there yeah. she, oh my god isabella's gonna owe people all throughout aspara <laughs> next city we go to do you guys know isabella good <laughs> yeah I, i'm 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 gonna try to get it so, so it. detmer hires me to go pick her up for all the debts that she has <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. And even the fact that their contact in, in Drew Call is named Detmer. That that's funny to me. I, I named that yeah, little we actually, guy. We never yeah, we actually never explained that. That was Elena that Yeah named, boy. Um because originally that was part of her backstory. Uh like that was part of character creation, which we actually didn't record in the in the character creation. Wait, we does anybody the, know his name is Detmer? Episode one, two, and three. Uh, uh, I think no. I think Elena may have slipped the name. I don't think so, but it's it's okay Listening that they know the that because yeah, if they listen they to do. the world they lore, do. then they know that. Yeah. Right. Oh. Um. So you know, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen. To it. John, you obviously haven't been listening to any of this, so maybe you should go back and listen. <laughs> well, we didn't listen to your backstory. Right. Oh, but would Detner not have been in your backstory? That wasn't in mine. Okay, should have been in, yeah. should have been yeah. in Shaft's backstory. So. I can't confirm or deny if well, I'm just, if you were hired <laughs> to bring Arcanist bounty, like <laughs> anyway, it's but in, I mean, so uh, Elena named Demer. It wasn't like <laughs> I, I, yeah, I knew. John didn't like. Oh, I'm gonna name this guy Demer. That wasn't Elena, so it that wasn't. Was me. Like, <laughs> Demer the dwarf. It just sounded yeah, good. We actually never yeah. discussed that like on any recording anywhere, but. I also for the record. I also named this the after party, so I need the props for that. Right. No, I don't remember you coming up with that. That was definitely my recall. idea. What? Are yeah, you kidding me gross. right now? Are you serious? <laughs> this isn't translating well to podcasts, but I'm <laughs> dying. <laughs> God, I'm yeah, no, don't don't recall you chiming in at all with with names on oh, anything. Really, God. actually, you're you're very yeah. unhelpful <laughs> in that department. You guys are killing me. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, you guys want to wrap it up? Yeah, I think that's good for this episode. Yeah, that's good. I hope uh, by now, like, listener can discern, like, your the player voices and figure out who's who. I mean. Right. Oh, yeah. No, we're all good. I think so. I think we all sound different. Everybody knows the Leland Steele's voice. So. Oh, of course. That's easy. Sleeveless, Famous across the internet. Leland Sleeveless Steel. Yeah. Leland Sleeveless Steel. <laughs> Another name I came up with. I need credit yeah, for. I, I don't. I think uh, that was in my Twitter handle before you said it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> it will be yeah. after this. <laughs> okay, well that's cool. Thanks, guys. Uh, did we do a sign off here? I don't know what we do. How do we end this? I'm just gonna say bye, and then everyone chimes in and says bye. <laughs> bye. No one's joining in. <laughs> <laughs> we just bye. wanted to see you flounder. <laughs> I just want to wait till you run out of air and then say goodbye. It's gonna take a while. <laughs> no, I think I think uh, 
we'll just uh, tell everybody to listen in to the next uh, three episodes, and then we'll be back again to discuss that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. See you guys in a fortnight. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show. Our intro and outro music was created by Josh Jarvis. For your own musical inquiries, contact jamesmercymusic at gmail.com. All other music and ambient noise is courtesy of tabletopaudio.com. The Encouragement Party is sponsored by Critical Hit Design. Visit criticalhitdesign.com for all of your graphic design needs. You can find more info on the characters and world at encouragementparty.com. Enjoying the show? Have any questions or rules corrections? Email us, contact at encouragementparty.com, or reach out on social media. The Encouragement Party on Facebook and Instagram, at EncouragementPar on Twitter, using the hashtag AfterPartyIP for a shout-out during our behind-the-screen after-party episodes that drop every fourth release. Happy adventuring!